Welcome to Books with Bagby, a podcast about books. In this podcast, I sit down with authors discussing the reason behind certain books that they've written, or we just sit and talk about education, music, technology, or something of the like. If you find this podcast to be your cup of tea, make sure you like, subscribe, and all the things. And share it with your friends, because solos are for brain, not education. And now, Books with Bagby. Welcome to this episode of Books with Bagby. Today I have educator extraordinaire Matt Miller, and he's going to be talking to us about tech like a pirate, using classroom technology to create an experience and make learning memorable. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Greg. I'm doing great. Really appreciate you inviting me on the show. Of course I would. You're kind of brilliant. (laughs) Oh, so are you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So... To start off, same question, everybody. Why? What was the reason behind this book? Ah, well, um, Tech Like a Pirate. So a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I read Dave Burgess's book, Teach Like a Pirate, um, way back in like 2013. In fact, uh, whenever I talk about Tech Like a Pirate, I have to tell this funny little story. Um, the When I got Teach Like a Pirate, um, this will sort of show you the level of teacher nerdiness that I have. Um, I asked for Teach Like a Pirate for my birthday. Like we didn't have department funds for books. Yeah, we were on one teacher's salary. So money was a little tight. That was the only way I was going to get it. And I just really wanted to read it. So I asked for Teach Like a Pirate for my birthday and I got it. And um, so I, uh, I read you know, all the, the entire book cover to cover, but there was that one line, don't just teach a lesson, create an experience. And mm. that one just kept like echoing in my ears. And so as I brainstormed ways to teach like a pirate, so to speak, and I took a lot of the hooks and the questions and everything out of Dave Burgess's book, all of the examples that I came up with seemed to deal with technology, but he didn't really write about technology. In fact, Dave kind of like, fashions himself as a not very techie guy. And so, um, you know, all of these examples, I just kept coming up with all these things that related to technology and uh, just kept gathering them, eventually started publishing some of them on my blog. And then uh, one day, uh, Dave wanted to have a conversation with me and he says, I think you need to write tech like a pirate. And I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> you know, I, it was it was kind of a kind of a cool moment. And what's nice is that I had sort of been inadvertently writing that book for like six or seven years because I'd been trying to incorporate some of those ideas into my own classroom. And I kept, you know, writing and presenting about them and everything. Um, so it was, it was kind of, um, it was kind of serendipitous, but also, you know, the work of, you know, several years of, of teaching that way anyway. And so all I had to do really was just gather my ideas come up with a couple of other ones, pull in some other ideas from other people and boom. And um, it was kind of like the book that I wished that I had. It's like, isn't there a quote from Toni Morrison that says, if you, um, if there's a book that you want to read and it hasn't been written, you must write it. Like, I think I kind of followed her advice because I wanted a book like that, that was related to excitement and student engagement and everything uh, related to technology. And I just hadn't seen it yet. So it was like, okay, I've got the opportunity. I'm going to write it. Nice. Uh, so uh, a little parallel. There's a book out called The Power of Moments. 
Um, and it talks about making moments special, doing special things. And, and I was thinking, they need to do this in school. And um, then I got your book and I was reading, how does it, wait, he's doing this. Wait, no, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. There's several books that I've been reading that I'm thinking, oh, they need to work with educators and we need to figure out this thing mm-hmm. like the, the Deep Work by Cal Newport or yes. Think Again by Adam Grant. Mm-hmm. Or even the limitless with Jim Quick. Those mm-hmm. things, they belong in education. Teachers, yes. we need to soak it up. And then you did it. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't do it with them, but you did it on your own. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. So your brilliance just overpours. <laughs> I got to say, you just mentioned uh, Deep Work with Cal Newport. That is an excellent, excellent book that I think teachers and students alike could get a lot out of. I, I'm glad that you mentioned that one. I, I agree 100%. That book sent me on a rabbit hole of going, I guess after reading Cal Newport's book, he talks about Adam Grant in his book, I do believe. Um, and I already had original. So then I went back and got his other book. Anyway, those are other people. We'll get them on the show and we'll talk about their books at some there other time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, not deep work, but deep lessons or ideas do you want readers to walk away with uh, from this book? Yeah, so um, tech like a pirate. There's, there's kind of. I mean, I mean, one big part of it is really just that it's hard to get people's attention these days. You know, especially students. Especially students. They've got so many distractions. I mean, of course, the first thing you think of when it comes to distractions is that cell phone in their pocket, and it is. It's a distraction. I mean, with the you know, science talks about the little dopamine hit that we get whenever there's a notification and we've got to look at it immediately. And it's just like they've been trained. And then when you look at just media in general, there's so many things that's like grabbing, you know, it feels like you're trying to get through a crowd of like kindergartners, like right around lunchtime when they're all hungry or something. And they're all just like grabbing at your shirt and grabbing at your, at your pant legs and everything. And like, trying to get your attention. It kind of feels like media is that way with kids and everything. And so there's like all of these distractions and all of that. And um, being able to connect learning to kids' lives is kind of like this great way to break through all of that distraction. You know, kind of like step into their lives and walk around in it a little bit and try to find the parallels between what you want them to learn and what their life is like. And so that's kind of what Tech Like a Pirate dives into. There's all these different places like, um, you know, we talk about social media and apps. The big takeaway from that is when it comes to a lot of the social media tools that kids really like to use and some of the apps that they love, the big takeaway in that chapter is you don't need the app to create the experience. Yes. You look at some of the those uh, social media tools, for instance, like, um, you know, for instance, like uh, TikTok. What is TikTok? It's short form video. You don't have to have the TikTok app to create short form video. Um, Instagram stories. What's that all about? It's like little images and little videos, almost in like a slideshow to show what somebody's day is like. You don't need all of those things. But if you find a way to kind of like recreate those with things that kids do have access to, it starts to feel like that stuff. And um, it's just like little, little stuff like that. It's all about 
you know, attention and engagement, like what's going to cut through, what's going to break through the noise and the clutter to be able to get that attention. And um, I've actually got a new uh, keynote speech that's kind of based on this book and it's called the attention switch. And I talk in that keynote speech about how, you know, you've got to have that attention. You've got to find a way to get that attention because you can't make the change in kids' lives. You can't empower kids to change. You can't reach them. We can't do all of those big picture things that we want to do without attention. If we just start teaching and we don't have that attention, like we're just kind of like a hamster running on a hamster wheel going nowhere. So um, that's really sort of what the big the book Big Picture is about. It's really about attention. Hmm. And I totally agree with that whole idea of making sure that you have their attention because well, of course, if you don't have their attention, how are you going to move forward? <laughs> exactly. So what was your greatest challenge? It sounds like you had the book already written um, through your blog posts or your website, or I don't know what you call that space that Matt Miller has that yes. has kind of everything on it. Uh-huh. Um, that's your space. So. But yeah. what was your greatest challenge with writing this? Picking out which ones to put in? Yeah, it sort of was. Um, So my process, whenever I write a book, is I start to just like make a big messy list of all of the things that I might want to put in it. And um, my messy list took a long time this time. I knew (laughs) that if I would sit down and if I wanted to crank out Tech Like a Pirate in short order, you know, like I probably could have pulled together a manuscript in a matter of months. I know that's not like a normal thing for most people. I was a, I was a journalism major in college, like writing, I love writing. And um, it's, it's something that isn't like super, super hard for me. So I think I could have done it in short order, but I was like, I really wanna make this the best that it can be. And so the, the greatest challenge really, I think was not going fast. Mm. You know, um, when I wrote ditch that textbook, a lot of the stuff that came out of ditch that textbook came off of my blog. So I pulled it off of my blog. I added some new stuff. I kind of repurposed it all together and I came up with a book and I did that in three months, which is like super crazy fast. But again, (laughs) I have been writing that book on my blog for years, you know, so I pulled a lot of stuff off of the blog with um, Tech Like a Pirate. I'd written some stuff like that. And I could have done the same thing, pull a bunch of stuff together, throw it into a manuscript form, you know, pretty it up and make it look the way that I want and send it away. But I was like, no, I want I, w- I want to do this right. You know, I want to make sure that I have my best stuff. I want to make sure that it's organized logically. I want to make sure that for each chapter, I have good examples, I have good stories, I have good useful resources. And so my first impulse whenever I do a project like this is I want to do it, especially if I get like excited about it. It's like, I want to do it and I want to do it now. I want to get it done and I want to see what it's going to look like. I want to hold that book in my hands just as fast as I can. And um, with this one, it was like, no, no, I'm not going to rush. I'm not going to do this one fast. I'm going to do it right. And that was really hard for me. Well, I'm glad you took your time, slowed down and did it right. Thanks. So now that you've taken the time to do this one right, do you have any more publications on the horizon? Yeah. um, 
Well, you don't have to spill the beans if you don't want to, but. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, there is one that I've started working on that I haven't really, I've only just told a couple people, like I haven't really said anything publicly about it. So I'll just tell you, because it's just you and me, nobody else yeah. will hear this, right? Actually, you're right. <laughs> no, that's only, not what I mean. <laughs> no, no, no. Only a couple other, my family, they'll listen. <laughs> I know. When I was when I was starting my, with my website, uh, somebody would be like, oh, I subscribe to your email newsletter. And I'm like, oh, you're the one. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's you and my mom, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I have in my, uh, on my desk, and I've had this in my backpack when I've been traveling some, um, a copy of uh, Ditch That Textbook, where I've taken a red marker and written on the cover version 2.0. Because I, you know, if I flip back through Ditch That Textbook, I see that um, a lot of the tools have gone out of date. But thankfully with Ditch That Textbook, like there's a lot of it that's just about teaching and about like building relationships and like yeah. that, that kind of stuff that's kind of evergreen. But I've changed a lot as an educator as well over the years. I've learned a lot of things. I've seen some things that don't work so well. There's some things that I would say differently in the book. And so um, I'm starting to go through that, that copy with the version 2.0 written on it. Um, you know, I'm starting to go through that with a pen and just, you know, highlighting the things that I want to keep and the things I want to scrap. And I was actually in my mind starting to, you know, kind of like planning to scrap big pieces of it, like whole bunch, large chunks of it, just because, you know, I want it to be something different. And then I got a phone call yesterday from a friend uh, who teaches a college class and all of her students, all like 10 of them had read Ditch That Textbook <laughs> and a couple of other books. And she said when she asked the students which one of the books they had read this year was the most valuable to them, they said Ditch That Textbook. And I was like, really? Hmm. You know, not like I don't believe in it or anymore or anything, but like <laughs> I knew some of it was out of date and I was also much younger in my education journey, yes. but maybe that's what they resonate. That's what resonates with them, you know? Um, and she said, yeah, she said it was good to like, it was like basic core fundamental ideas um, about teaching. And, you know, there was some stuff about tech, but some stuff that wasn't with tech. And she said they really liked it. So now I'm thinking about like, not carving that version two up <laughs> quite as as deeply as I was going to before. So anyway, that's that's one that I'm that I'm starting to think about. Well, I, I will test it out. I have actually I have three copies. Um, I'm not sure how many kids are going to be in my class uh, next semester, this semester, in I don't know a month. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'll test it out. Uh, I'll pass it out to my graduate students and have them read through it and tell them tell them to give me some feedback and I'll give you some feedback. Yes, please do. That would be great. And they're all pre, well, I guess they're pre-service teachers. It's a grad program for teachers. So mm -hmm. we'll figure out what they say. Okay. Sounds good. So now that we've talked about almost two of your books, mm -hmm. uh, something a little different. What is your passion? What is your soapbox? What is your education passion that you like to talk about or that you like to um, as Adam Grant say, what the one that you're the preacher on or the, even the uh, prosecutor, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I've got, I mean, I've got several. We just, I mean, obviously we just talked about one about, 
you know, making learning memorable and connecting it to kids' lives and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's one that I could go on and on about. But for this, uh, my answer to this question, um, I'm pretty passionate about um, changing where we are with the teacher burnout that we're seeing right now. You know, we've got so many teachers who are so overwhelmed with work and overworked and underpaid and We've got so many good, good teachers that are leaving the profession or considering leaving yes. the profession. I mean, you see it all over social media, you see it in news reports, and you just talk to people that are in education and you just hear, you know, like they're thinking about doing other things and it just makes you go, no, you're such a good teacher. Those yes. kids need you. And you know, if somebody really has a passion to try something else, I don't want to stop them. But if they love teaching, and they can't do it because they're burned out or because they can't make the make ends meet, that's not okay, you know? So um, in response to that, I'm starting this pro, well, I have already started this project on my website called Efficient Teach. Um, and if people are watching this or listening to it, um, they can go to efficientteach.com. Um, and the idea behind it is that there's lots of good brain science and research and best practice and stuff that tells us what we can do to kind of like teach better in less time, almost like be more mm -hmm. efficient and effective. And I want to just get some of those practices in the hands of teachers, those things that science has told us about learning that the brain prefers that sometimes we just don't know and we act counterintuitively and it takes us more time and it makes us frustrated. And like, if we would do some of these things, it could get teachers out the door at the end of the day faster so they yes. could get home. And one of the, one of the big slogans on this, uh, this website that we've created for this project was um, uh, teaching better and saving time for what matters most. Cause that's, that's kind of the big focus. You know, that's my thing is that I want teachers to be able to come in and do what they love and do what they're passionate about and then go home, yes. you know, go home and just spend quality time where they are present with the people that they love doing the things that they love. And I think that would go a long way to help our profession and help the people that are in it and make education more sustainable. So um, that's one of my big goals over the next probably year plus is to continue to add stuff to that and try to get it in the hands of teachers so that maybe they can get out the door a little bit faster. Maybe they don't feel quite as burned out and maybe just maybe some of those great teachers don't leave the profession. That's, that's one of my big passions right now. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I was really big on uh, trying to have a work-life balance when I was a principal, not for me. I realized I, I it was with my teachers uh, like, like I told the teachers, the new teacher Academy that I was with last, last week, I told them, I said, I know this may sound weird. It may feel bad, but take a day off the first semester. It will be okay. Take a personal day. It took me four years into my principalship before I realized, oh yeah, tell that new teacher to take a day off yeah. the first semester. Yeah. I, 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 some folks are, they would like to say, oh, I've never taken a day off. No. 
you need it. Take a day off and see what life is like outside of school. <laughs> and then there were times where I would challenge the teachers not to take any work home. But Mr. Bagby, it's just going to be piled up. Well, then let's figure out ways we can do it so we don't take work home. There were weekends when I said, no one takes work home on the weekend. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I would also challenge him. I challenge you to eat a meal with your family three nights sometime this week. Just all sit down and eat because they're the most important things. You don't need to worry about the kids at school. Yes, worry about them in a sense, but your family's going to be there forever. Anyway. Yes. yes. So I, I'm all about this efficiency. Efficient <laughs> teach. Yeah, it's like efficient, efficient yes. and teach. Efficient and teach. Efficient teach. Ah, look at there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'll be sure to check out efficient teach. Mm -hmm. And I will, I'll go ahead and throw it on there as in throw it on the YouTubes or the Twitters or the whatever this ends up being on. Speaking of which, how can folks connect with you? I think you have a blog or something. Well, actually, I think it's so much more than a blog. And then the things you do like every Christmas or maybe not Christmas, yep. every yep. Is it New December. Year's or yeah, every December. And like you do all these things. Um, and folks, how, how can we contact? How can we get a little bit more Matt Miller? Well, um, probably the easiest place is to go to the website, which like you said, is like a blog and a library of a bunch of templates you can use in your class and like all sorts of different resources. So you can go to ditchthattextbook.com. And actually, if um, so that's, that's one thing. I have this weekly email newsletter that I send out with lots of resources that you can use, um, you know, just like uh, lesson ideas and teaching ideas and, you know, practical things you can use in class right away. And so if people want to get signed up for that, easiest way to do it is to go to ditchthattextbook.com slash 101. And the reason it has the 101 on it is because whenever you sign up, you get these, um, these free eBooks that are packed full of a whole bunch of things that you can use in class right away. And one of them is called 101 Practical Ways to Ditch That Textbook. So it's, you know, packed full of a whole bunch of good stuff. So um, those are probably the easiest ways. Um, I'm on Twitter an awful lot. You can find me at um, J Matt Miller. That's the letter J and then Matt with two T's Miller. Um, so those are probably the, the easiest ways. And if you have other ones you want to find, you can probably just find them on the website. Yeah, he's all over the place. In a good way, even when I had um, my district doing Screencastify training, and I oh, think yeah. to become a screen, Screencastify, I don't even know what it was for. Master but Screencaster? Yes, we opened it up and boom, hey, there's Matt. <laughs> yes, you were there. I was like, there he is. I yep. love it. That's right. Well, Matt, this has been great. Thank you for your time. Um, and... I just appreciate all that you do for teachers. Uh, you're still in the classroom, aren't you? Uh, no, I've been, oh, yeah, no. I've been out of the classroom for, for a few years now, uh, just doing professional development, but you know, my wife's a teacher. Say, how in the I world? Yeah. Yeah. Pop into her class. Sometimes I still okay. do some substitute teaching. Like you can't keep me totally away from it. <laughs> okay, good. I like that. You said that. Yeah. I, I, I want to make sure that you stay connected. And with your wife in the classroom, you're going to stay connected. You have no yes. choice. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> yep, you're right. But, but um, it was great having you uh, come on the show. Also great having you 
do a Tennessee keynote, uh, I guess last year, maybe for TUTC, because yeah. I had to follow you and I was like, really? <laughs> but it was okay. There were a couple of people that watched me after seeing you. Uh, but <laughs> yes. uh, thanks again for coming out. Uh, if you're listening to this, please make sure you find one of the many don't ditch, ditch all the books that mm -hmm. Matt Miller has done. Um, get one and go ahead and write a review on the book. Uh, that's what I stress to my students. If they get a great book, go ahead and write a review so the folks will know that you, they, that you appreciate that and they'll be able to understand, hey, maybe I should put more of this out. So mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, and you can review this podcast also. Who knew? Um, <laughs> but as we close, as always, if we're ditching a textbook or um, ditching homework, in the classroom, wherever we may be, let's always ask good questions, answer the ones we can, make someone feel special, and be great because you are great. So thank you. <laughs> Matt, have a fantastic day. All right, thanks.